Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast, a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Each episode is taken from a chapel message given here at Emmaus. For more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Good morning. It's great to be together and to turn our attention once again to the Word of God. Now, you've come to Emmaus for a number of reasons, no doubt, but included in those reasons is the desire to study the Bible, to to grow in your knowledge of the Lord, to, to strengthen your faith and deepen your walk with Jesus Christ. But these good goals and and desires will not go unchallenged. Our secular culture's goals and desires for you are very much opposed to your Christian faith and practice. And in light of the challenge that we all face, we all find ourselves in, we want to focus this semester on the theme, Equipped to Stand Firm. And we want to consider how the Lord has provided resources for us not to be tossed to and fro by the cultural waves and and carried about by every wind of secular doctrine, but rather to stand firm in Christ. And so on Monday chapels this semester, we're going to work our way through this great passage in Ephesians 6 on on spiritual warfare and the armor of God that he provides for us to stand firm. Some of you are studying this letter to the Ephesians, and you remember that Paul has been unfolding some some wonderful riches of Christian truth. He begins by declaring that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, including being made alive and saved by grace when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. He goes on to show that that we've been united together, Jew, Gentile, in one body in the church as believers in Christ, and, and that is at the center of God's plan and purpose. And so we're to to walk worthy of this calling by living out our new life in Christ in unity and purity and harmony. And it's all very encouraging and and helpful. But as we we come to chapter 6 and Paul brings this letter to a close, he reminds us that this is not easy. There's real opposition. Ephesians chapter 6 reminds us that although you're not students at a military academy, you're nevertheless preparing for battle, and in fact, we're already facing it. It's not in Afghanistan. It's right here in Dubuque, right here on this campus. As we seek to live for Christ, we face powerful, supernatural opposition. There are spiritual forces at work that are seeking to destroy your faith. The Apostle Peter uses a different metaphor. He says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so it's essential that we are equipped to 
for this fight, that, that we know what resources are available for us and we're able to stand firm so, so that we're not overtaken or devoured or destroyed. And, and this passage of Scripture helps us to be equipped to stand firm. Now notice the first thing in our text, the source of our strength. The source of our strength. Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Paul concludes this letter with a command to be strong. But it's essential to understand the source of our strength. We're not called to fight this battle in our own strength. The text says be strong in the Lord. It's, it's a passive imperative or, or command which could be rendered be strengthened by the Lord and by the strength of his might. So the source of our strength is the Lord. We're, we're united to him. We derive our strength from him. And as we rely on him... We are able to stand. Paul tells us about the nature of this strength or power earlier in the epistle. In chapter 1, he prays for believers that we would truly grasp what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now listen, chapter 1, verse 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Do you ever feel like you can't live this Christian life on your own? You've tried and you fail. You have come to recognize you're too weak in your flesh to resist all the temptations that are out there and within, or to stand for the Lord uh, in the midst of even the routine of life. You know the reality of opposition and struggle. Well, take heart. You are not called to live and to, to fight and to serve in your own strength. You're called to depend on the Lord. You're called to be strengthened by His might. A power that, Paul says, is immeasurably great. A power that was displayed when He raised Christ from the dead. That power is at work in us. You're called, therefore, to find your identity and your strength in Christ, who is the one that's exalted above every force and power that would oppose us. So, Paul says, be strong in the Lord. It's his power that will enable and equip us to, and equip us to stand and fight. The, the reformer, Martin Luther, was, was one that was keenly aware of the spiritual battle we face. Listen to what he wrote. When I go to bed, the devil is always waiting for me. When he begins to plague me, I give him this answer. Devil, I must sleep. That's God's command. Work by day, sleep by night. So go away. If that doesn't work, Luther continued... 
and he brings out a catalog of my sins, I say, yes, old fellow, I know all about it. And I know some more you've overlooked. Here are a few extra. Put them down. See, Luther didn't rely on himself. He ran to the gospel. He flew to Christ and found strength in the power of his might. And, and nowhere is that more clearly expressed than in, in the hymn we sang this morning, Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Did you, did you notice as we were singing it, the words of verse 2? Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that might be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. Our strength comes from Christ, so stand in him. But notice his strength also provides resources for the fight. Look at verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. How can we be strong in the Lord? Well, there's no magic ring or pill or bullet. There's no mysterious incantation or, or formula. But the Lord has given us resources for the fight. He doesn't summon us to battle without providing everything that we need. And Paul will describe some of the armor in the, in the following verses. And even, even the armor listed is, is not an exhaustive list of his resources. Over this semester, we will be looking specifically at each piece of armor. You'll notice in our text, he lists things like the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, which function, functions like shoes for our feet. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. The gospel, or sorry, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And all of it fastened together with prayer. Now, did you, did you hear that list? Can you see that list? It's not high-tech Stuff. It's not magical stuff. It's the ordinary means of grace for a believer. What equips us for the fight is the steady pursuit of truth and righteousness. It's being well-grounded in the gospel. It's coming back again and again to rest and trust and cling to the Lord in faith. It's the knowledge and experience and joy of his salvation. It's knowing and loving and heeding and wielding the Bible. And it's constantly calling out to the Lord in prayer. Put these, these things on day by day and, and you'll be, be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy. And of course, we don't stand alone. We we stand together in community as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we encourage one another in these things to stand firm. Now, why is this armor important? Look at verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, 
against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Many people today dismiss any talk of the devil and demons as pure nonsense. I mean, we're, we're beyond that, aren't we? But Paul wants us to know the reality of this and be prepared to face it. There is a spiritual realm. We have an enemy. We face opposition that's, that's not merely flesh and blood. It's supernatural. These are spiritual forces. And just because we can't see them with our eyes doesn't make them unreal. They're, they're evil and cunning and powerful, so don't take them lightly, Paul tells us. John Stott describes some of the ways these spiritual forces fight. He writes this, Is God's plan to create a new society, the church? Then they will do their utmost to destroy it. Has God, through Jesus Christ, broken down the walls dividing human beings of different races and cultures from each other? Then the devil, through his emissaries, will strive to rebuild those walls. Does God intend his reconciled and redeemed people to live together in harmony and purity? Then the powers of hell will scatter seed among them, scatter among them the seeds of discord and sin. And yet, it's, it's, it's important to remember that although they're supernatural beings and cunning and deceitful, they're not God. They're not as powerful as God. In fact, we know from, from Scripture that Satan and his demons are actually defeated foes. Our Lord Jesus Christ in his death and, and resurrection has triumphed over them. He's crushed the serpent's head. So don't give way to fear. And don't fall for their schemes. Don't give up. Don't give in to the temptation these spiritual en enemies promote and try to seduce us with. They will not prevail. Christ has prevailed. He will pre prevail. Luther said, and he must win the battle. So stand with him. Stand in him. Stand for him and know the victory that he's already won over the forces that oppose us. Yes, indeed, don't minimize the fact that we have a powerful enemy, but in the strength of the Lord's might, he has equipped us to be able to stand. And so in verse 13, Paul comes back and says it all over again. Notice what he says, verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Now, of course, there are many fronts on which this battle is waged. There's the doctrinal front or realm. And you're well aware that as Christians, we are pressured not to accept the Bible as the final authority. Scientists and philosophers tell us to reject the, 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 the very notion of a creator, the existence of God. Popular books and novels tell us that, well, Jesus was just a man that the church years and years later turned into a God. Entertainers tell us to get rid of this ridiculous idea of sin. All the ultimate issues of our day 
really come down to this. Will we accept and submit to the authority of the word of God? Will we stand under the authority of God's word? Paul tells us what's ultimately behind this false teaching and, and a host of, of others like it. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to, listen, deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. There's the demonic influence behind false teaching. And so put on the armor of God and take up the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and stand. Again, don't be tossed and to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Ideas come and go, but in the Scriptures, we have the revelation of God that stands and endures forever. Stand with it, not the shifting sands of human fads. Another front on which the battle is raged is the moral realm. Of course, we're all keenly aware that there are many temptations we face here. Pride, greed, lust. The spiritual forces and the cultural forces of the day promote and celebrate sexual immorality, pornography, and the entire LGBTQ agenda, and they scorn with anger any, any notion that God, our maker and sovereign Lord, has good and wise and holy designs for human sexuality that, that don't include the, the perversions that we hear so frequently today. And so we're, we're, we're in this spiritual battle we know the reality of it. We feel the power of the forces aligned against us. And we're tempted not only to engage in sexual immorality ourselves, but to just go along with the cultural flow on these things. And then in the name of tolerance and, and love and, and open-mindedness, open we're told to, come on, get with the program and leave that ancient Bible behind. Or at least... Forget all that you learned in hermeneutics and, and read it in new and creative ways that support whatever we want it to support. More than ever, we need to put on the armor of God and to be strong in the Lord and stand firm. Now, to be clear, stand in humility and in compassion and grace and in love for others. That often is the missing note in this call to spiritual battle, but nevertheless stand, stand firm. Let me mention one more front on which the, the enemy loves to fight and in which he has great skill, and that's the realm of what we might call discouragement. Some people grow very disappointed to learn that the Christian life is actually a struggle and a battle. They were hoping that in becoming a Christian, all their problems would just go away. Life would be easy. And when God doesn't meet their expectations in some area, when they face trials and temptations and hardships and disappointments, they give way to discouragement. They didn't think they would have to fight and struggle so much. 
You ever feel that way? Listen to what the Word of God is telling us. It is a battle. The enemy comes along and says, you see, there really is no God. How could, how could he allow this? Or why isn't God answering your prayers? Why isn't he working things out for you? Where is he? Or he'll say, you're a failure. You might as well give up. Or this Christianity stuff doesn't work. Good for you. You tried. Now it's time to move on. The enemy wants to discourage you. Understand that. Understand that he wants to bring you down. He wants you to give way to self-pity. He wants you to feel sorry for yourself and forget the gospel and, and all the blessings that you have in Christ. He wants you to forget the cross and forget that the Bible itself teaches that trials mark the path to glory. And in those moments of discouragement, we need this exhortation to stand and to draw strength from the Lord and to fight back with the resources that he has given us. And so in the face of discouragement, maybe some of you are feeling it even now, take up the armor and stand. Let me, let me close with this question. Why should you stand? After all, it seems so much easier just to sit down and get comfortable with the world. Who wants to fight and struggle? Who wants to strap on armor every day? There have been students who've left Emmaus and have given up and have even walked away from the faith. There will be people you know, some, some that you respect and look up to, who will fall. Why should you stand? Is it worth it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is eternally worth it. Paul reminds us in this book that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, that God himself chose us before the foundation of the world, and that we have been adopted as his children, that Christ the Son of God has shed His blood to redeem us and forgive us. God has lavished His grace on us. He's made known to us His will. He's given us the Holy Spirit and an eternal inheritance, all to the praise of His glory. Paul reminds us that although we were dead in sins, God's rich mercy, His grace, His great love have, have, have saved us and rescued us and revealed to us the unsearchable riches of Christ. We're actually united to Christ, who is above all earthly power and spiritual power. And we're brought into Christ's body, the church, and we've been gifted and called to, to walk in the light and engage in good works that make a difference. We have purpose and meaning and now can live virtuous lives and rejoice in the supreme treasure of the universe, the glory of God. That's, that's what's, what this fight is all about. And that's why you should stand, because this is a battle worth fighting. And so when people fall around you, call to mind the great doctrines you're learning here, the great truths of Scripture. Especially meditate long at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the gospel. 
and what he's accomplished for you. Think of the glory to come that he's promised in the presence of God, a a glory so full and amazing and resplendent that Paul declares in Romans 8, "I, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be, re- to be revealed to us. So be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And may he strengthen each of us and as a community here at Emmaus to keep fighting the good fight and stand firm to the end. Let's pray. Father, we are keenly aware that we are weak in ourselves, prone to temptation, prone to wander. We pray, Lord, that your word to us this morning would encourage us to renew our resolve to stand We pray that you would continue to equip us and to give us wisdom as to how to use and and access the resources that you've given us. Protect us, we pray, from the attacks of the evil one. But give us the resolve and the encouragement to stand in the midst of his attacks. Thank you, Lord Jesus for standing with us, for being the source of our strength. Help us even this day as we seek to walk with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.